I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, pairing up for a playoff run. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Oh, man, I hope there's a playoff run. Um, I thought they already clinched it. Yeah, I mean, I think right now it's just figuring out if they're going to get home court or not. So <laughs> That's what we're trying to that, decide. That's the only thing we're trying to decide at this point, but... Speaking of playoff run, are the Magic going to make the playoffs this year? Oh, man. We'll, we'll talk about the Magic today because the Mavericks play the, the Magic tonight in Dallas, home game. Magic uh, play the Magic. Did I, is that what I just said? <laughs> I don't know. The Mavericks play the Magic in Dallas. You think they can go head-to-toe with them? And so <laughs> we had a lot of feedback about the head-to-toe thing. I'm sorry, guys. I can't, like... I'm sorry. The thing there's, is, there's two there's two phrases. There's head to head or toe to toe. And Isaac was saying, you know, that he can go head to toe with anybody in the NBA. Like talking about Luca when we ranked what him. What if yesterday. I just try to make this my own thing? I just fully <laughs> lean a, into it. And no, like, this is my version of it. But it's an idiom, though. It means something. It's that's, that's widely said. And if you, okay. <laughs> also, but what does it mean? Point, head to toe. That, at some point, that had to get started by someone. If. If someone can go head to toe with someone, does that mean that they are standing on their head, or does that mean that they're holding somebody upside down, like like with the force? I don't know. Now or does that mean they're they're that like bowing much. down to their feet? You know, because toe to toe is like you're standing right with that person. You're right with head to head is like you're head, you're head to toe with them. them. Like all every like Isaiah Thomas can go head to toe with JJ Barea. He could go. He could probably go head to toe, literally, with Boban just by standing on, <laughs> just by standing next to him. <laughs> All right, on the podcast today, like Isaac mentioned, we are going to preview the game against the Magic. There's, uh, they're an interesting team right now, and so we'll talk about that game. And then we also want to discuss this whole Luca and Porzingis pairing. Now that we are six games in, and they don't have a great net rating, and so we wanted to kind of dive into this pairing and talk about it. And figure out why it's not exactly working to the to their fullest potential, which is kind of exciting because that means they have so much more growth to go through, and so much you know they can definitely hit higher heights. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Isaac, the Magic coming into this game tonight are two and four. Actually, they will have played the Thunder. They're playing them right now, so they're on a back to back, a road back to back. They're at OKC playing right now, and then. Um, so they'll either be three and four or, or, you know, two and five or whatever. And then they go play in Dallas. This team is so weird now because now they've always been weird. It's true. It's true. They have been weird, but it felt like last year they had an identity. Now they've sort of turned the keys over to Markel Fultz. He became the starter. He started the last two games. Now he started against the thunder and then he started the game before that. But they're the worst offensive team in the NBA. It just doesn't seem like a decision that should have been made. Uh, it's kind of not really sure what to expect playing the Magic tonight. Yeah, it's. I mean, you said it. You said it best. The Magic are. I mean, they're a weird team. But in my opinion, even though they made the playoffs last year, they're still a weird team. 
they have length. They have Aaron Gordon. I mean, literally, the other night they started, I had this pulled up. They played the Nuggets the other night, the last game that they played before uh, they're playing the Thunder. Yeah, obviously right now. But, you know, these were their starters uh, the other night. They had Marco Fultz at point guard. Okay. Evan Fournier, um, if you've never heard of him uh, before, just Googling. No, do not Jonathan, Google Do not Google him, please. Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon, and then uh, Vuc, Vucevic. And one of Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon starting at the three, and that's it's kind of weird, but I would assume they're going to put Jonathan Isaac on Luka, right? I would, maybe, I would. I would maybe guess Gordon and then put Isaac on Porzingis because Isaac's longer. That would be my guess because Gordon is great defensively too. That's true. That's true. I'll, I'll say they put Jonathan Isaac, but but still, when you look at their team in general, <coughs> uh, Vooch was obviously their All Star last year. Uh, he's, I mean, they're leading score right now at sixteen point eight points a game. Evan, Evan Fournier at sixteen point eight also. No, tied at sixteen point eight. That's a weird number to be tied at. So far. Yeah, and then you have Gordon and Isaac and the rest of their team. I actually like their bench a decent amount when it comes to. Uh, I just they need to condense this talent. That's my biggest thing with the Magic. They need to take some of these pieces and go get one guy and then build it. Because I like some of their supporting cast. It's just we kind of they're kind of like the uh, they're kind of like the the Mavericks without Luca and KP. It's like they have a bunch of these guys. I would say I guess Aaron Gordon. You know. It's better than these guys. Definitely. Just roll with me. They they need to go get a star. And I, I like Vooch, but I don't think he's a star. Yeah, I think they kind of screwed that up when they signed him to that five-year deal this summer. So it's kind of – Yeah. Their flexibility I, I mean, is kind of gone with that. But I kind of understood why they did it. I mean, you almost had to at some point. They wanted to run it back. But they have Aminu off the bench, uh, DJ Augustine or Fultz, depending on who starts, Terrence Ross – uh, I think Mo Bamba, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Mo Bamba is going to be setting out this game. <coughs> and Kim Birch will be playing this game. Yeah, they have one a, of the they two. They have a weird rotation with the two of them, but Bamba fouled but, out in like 10 minutes the other night. So Because I think Bamba is going to play against OKC uh, on Tuesday night, and therefore, and Kim Birch is going to play on Wednesday night against Dallas, which is. We told you it was a weird team. <laughs> super, super weird team. I'm not fully out on Mo Bamba, by the way. Um, so but I'm, I'm, I was gonna say, I'm curious on how they're going to match up with Dallas. Yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting. And who matches up against them? We think they'll probably put Powell on Gordon or Isaac would be my guess. Cause I don't know if they want Porzingis trying to chase them around. Yeah. I think, I think in this matchup, you're going to leave Porzingis on Vooch. You're going to put Dwight Powell and Aaron Gordon, uh, Jonathan Isaac. Yeah. We'll see. Will they start Dorian? To go against Jonathan Isaac, I honestly think Luca could hold his ground on that pretty good. I think so. Luca will take Isaac, and I think they would they would put Dort. But that's the hard part is if you maybe they put Luca on Fournier, but or they honestly they could put Luca on Fultz. Luca on Fultz. Start Dorian, and then just put uh, put Delon right on Fournier or whoever Brunson on Fournier. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I go, I go to the Seth Curry Dorian thing. I, I tweeted this out uh, a few days ago. And we didn't get to. We talked a little bit about net ratings uh, on yesterday's pod, but I was looking at these three man lineups for the Mavericks, and I threw out some yesterday of the. What did we say yesterday? Is 
the five man lineups. They don't have a five man lineup that's appeared in all six games. Right. Um, we fi- we finally figured that one out. <laughs> you finally figured that one out. Um, but all right, here here was. There have been nine three man lineups for the Mavericks that have logged over fifty minutes together. Okay. Three of them have a positive net rating. Can you find the common denominator out of these three? Well, I saw you tweet this, so. Okay. Seth Curry, Porzingis, Luca. Seth Curry, Finney Smith, Luca. Seth Curry, Porzingis, Finney Smith. Okay, there are four guys there, kind of all rotated around there. But Seth Curry is the one staple in all three of those. Therefore, going back to the starting lineup that I prefer the most. Seth Curry, Luca, Dorian, KP, and Dwight Powell. And they might have to that use should, the, that. Should be the five starters. They might have to use that lineup against this team because they are the Magic are the worst offensive rating team. They're thirtieth in the NBA before the game against OKC, and they're fifth in defensive rating. Uh, they're twenty eighth in pace, also, which their pace is ninety nine possessions per forty eight minutes, which is not that much slower than the, the Mavericks. So the pace is not going to matter too much in this game. But the Magic have wins over. Cleveland and New York, and then losses to Atlanta, Toronto, Milwaukee, Denver. So basically, if you're a good team, you beat the Magic. If you're a bad team, you lose to the Magic. Uh, and then who knows what happens against the Thunder. Most of you probably know what happened against the Thunder. but Yeah, I mean, obviously with them being 30th in the league offensively, some of these numbers right, right here – uh, makes sense with this, but the 30th in the league in field goal percentage, uh, they're 29th in the league in three point percentage. Um, you just keep on going down the line. Free, free throws attempted, 30th in the league. Points in the league, they're 28th in the league. They're literally, arguably, the worst offensive team in the league. I mean, no, they, they are really no, they are, are. literally, okay. literally the worst <laughs> offensive team in the NBA. They're 30th in offensive rating. That's the worst one. Okay. Also, let's put a, oh, their offensive rating is 94.6. Okay. Do you know, do you know where like the Mavericks have, are number one? They're like at 113. Yeah, <laughs> almost twenty points difference. That's huge. The Magic are averaging ninety three and a half points a game. Let's put it over under points total points for the Magic on Wednesday night. What number can we put it down? Be, it, because we're betting on this, I bet it's one hundred and twenty. <laughs> <It'll, laughs> they'll like go through the roof and have a crazy game. They'll hit everything. Let's yeah. just put the average ninety three and a half. Oh, I would go over. How far? A hundred. A hundred and a half. What about a hundred and five? They're going to... Okay, you think they'll score 10 more points than their average against Dallas? Mavericks play a little faster. They get to the free throw line a little bit more, so they get some extra possessions. Okay, 104.5 over under. What about 105.3? That's the the fan. Shout out to Ben and Skin, the dearly departed. (laughs) I'm gonna take the under. I'll take the under of 104.5. Okay. And you'll take the over of 104.5. Sure. Because I just will always guess that teams will score more, but we could have some garbage time in this game. Who knows? So I'll go. With, I'll go over the 104.5. All right. Coming up, let's. Uh, I think we're done with the magic. <laughs> I think we've talked all we need to know about the magic. So let's get into yeah. the Luca and Kristaps Porzingis pairing and what we've seen from it. What has been good? What has been not good? And we'll get into why they have one of the worst net ratings on the team right now Isaac all right 
Isaac. Have I told you recently that Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand, and you can start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more with the promo code Locked on at Indochino.com. Have I told you that recently? Wow, I think you have. Within the last week, at least. So, Indochino.com, promo code locked on. All right, so, like I mentioned, the Porzingis and, and Luka Doncic lineup, the two-man lineup, and you can find all this stuff on NBA.com slash stats, by the way. This is not like some secret thing that you don't can't know about. It hasn't been that good so far. They, the Mavericks have also gotten off to some rough starts. The Pelicans game, if you if you remember that terrible start. How, why has this grouping not worked as well as we hoped right away? They've, they've had definitely some moments where, you know, this things jump off the page. You're like, oh, the Luka flip behind his head to Porzingis in the pick and pop. The, you know, Luka to Porzingis lobs. The, you know, the blocks from Porzingis that lead to fast breaks for Luka. Things like that have worked. And those things pop off the page. But... It hasn't been as efficient as we'd hoped so far. Yeah, so when you say grouping, basically we're talking about the pairing between Luka and KP. I think there's a, a contributing factor. I, well, I think there's multiple factors to this. One, I think they're still trying to find the consistency of the players around them. And no matter how good of players you're going to have, uh, two guys on the floor, no matter how, you know, even the two and two guys are all-stars, the other three guys around them affect the net rating. So we have to always keep that in mind. And when that, those other three guys are always changing, then it's hard to find that consistency on the court and everything with that. So I contribute a little bit to that. I contribute a little bit of it to just the rust and them playing together and still figuring each other out. I contribute to when they do play minutes together. A lot of times when they're playing together, they're playing against the other team's best players when you're playing against the LeBron, AD, stuff like that, <clears throat> because they do kind of counter each other when Luca go or when KP checks out in the first quarter, Luca stays on, and then KP comes back. Luca normally takes his break at that point. So, I mean, even like the Mavericks are four and two right now. They only have two, they only have three two man lineups that have logged over 100 minutes together. So, just that in general. That they're four and two, and they only have three two-man lineups that have spent a hundred minutes together on the floor. That shows you how much, how like when when Rick said, "I go back to him using the word fluid," and the, the lineups are going to be fluid. That's like the understatement is understatement of the whole year for Rick Carlisle because everything has been so fluid. And of those three lineups, only one of those two-man lineups has a positive net rating at just two point seven, and that's Dorian and Luca. The other one. Are Luca and KP who've logged 156 minutes together that we talked about? That's the minus five. That's most on the team, by the way. Those two guys. So Luca and Porzingis have spent the most time on the floor among all Mavericks players. Yeah, and then you know Maxi and Luca have spent 116 minutes together, and they're minus 5.7 uh, net rating wise. But yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing for them is KP has never ever played with somebody like Luca before. Literally the best player. He's already called Luca the best player that he's ever played with. And he played that one season with Carmelo. And, I mean, talking about two totally opposite different players uh, is Carmelo and Luca. I mean, yeah, we don't even have to go down that route. So, him playing with a guy like Luca, not we're not even talking about, like, the star magnitude and how this is Luca's team and Luca has the ball all the time, all that stuff. But 
just the playmaking of Luca, how much Luca has the ball in his hands, and because at times I've joked around about this, like at times how I'm not even going out of the route because I don't want to get that to get taken out of proportion. But it's just I think they're still figuring each other Ooh, out. Are you worried Luka, about the aggregators? <laughs> Brian, not really the aggregators, Brian but just <laughs> no. It's just anyway. I think KP's never played with somebody like Luca before. And we're six games into the season. If they have a negative net rating come January, I'd be like, dang, I, I, w- I would want to overanalyze it a little bit more. Yeah, it's interesting. We're at a weird, there's a weird dichotomy with Porzingis right now where there's some people that are like, he's not attacking the ball enough. And then he's like, well, he's not working with Luka enough. Or he's not attacking on ball enough. Like, we're not seeing Porzingis take over games. And then we're also like, well, he's not working well with, with Luka. And so there has to be some... <laughs> It feels like those two things can't be the same uh, or can't both apply. But he's also scoring. He also has the second most points per game on the team. So he's doing something. Like he's doing one of those two things. Can I can I go down through his two-man lineups? Other guys, Torrey, I'm going to make a point where it's not just Luka. Other two other guys yeah, that he's, he has two-man lineups terrible. with Porzingis. I'm just going down the line. Seth and Porzingis have spent 99 minutes together. It's a minus 7.2. Then you, you keep on going down, and there's Porzingis and Finney Smith, a mi- minus 2.7. Porzingis and DeLon Wright, a minus 8.3. Porzingis and Brunson, positive. That's that bench unit. The bench units have been good. This is this is another trend with the Mavericks again. <laughs> this seems to happen every year where the bench units are better than the starting units, and they always pr- produce positive. By the way, the, the negative number, the net rating that we're talking about, is just the difference between their offensive rating and their defensive rating. So, again, offensive rating, points per per you know 100 possessions. Defensive rating, points allowed per 100 possessions. And then you just subtract the defense from the offense. So, when I say that Porzingis and Doncic have a negative 5 net rating, they're allowing 5 more points per game than they're scoring you know, per 100 possessions. That's just all. So that for means. when it's just when math. Porzingis and Maxi who have a minus twelve point eight. <laughs> yeah, if you have yeah if you have a minus twelve point eight, which is what Porzingis and Maxi have so far, that's terrible. Their offensive rating is ninety four. That's as bad as the Magic's offense, <laughs> and and the Mavericks are the best offense in the in the NBA right now. So it's uh, yeah, Luca and De- Delon Wright. By the way, they have thirteen point eight net rating. That's a that's a, amazing. Hey, Delon Wright and Dorian Finney Smith. 62 minutes together. They're a plus yeah, 29.3. That's a fun one. But my point is, Lucas, I mean, not Luca. My point is, it's not a Porzingis and Luca thing. It's a Porzingis fitting into the offense and and, and the whole system thing. He has these, these numbers with everyone on the team. Yeah, we looked at it and said, man, this is just a perfect natural fit. It, it will hit right off the bat. I think it's almost a good sign of saying, dang, they're four and two couple plays away from you know being five and one six and two and it I mean you're not overstating this when you say Luca and KP have not found their ceiling together like they haven't I wouldn't even say they've really clicked yet together can we also say the Mavericks are a couple plays away from being two and four no we can't go that direction but Stop. it's true though right no 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 yes it is no Okay, you don't have to believe it, but... No, I, I refuse to believe that. Okay. <laughs> I saw somebody tweet this, and I can't remember who it is. Sorry if I'm not attributing it to you, but this is not my thought. 
Porzingis likes to work around the the top of the key and then in the lane. He did a lot of posting up for the Knicks. He did a lot. He did, obviously does a lot of top of the key stuff with the Mavericks right now. And when Luca drives or when Luca has the ball, he's really looking at the wings and the corners. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if there's just a weird thing where he's not doing a lot of throw the ball behind his head kind of stuff, <laughs> you know, the kickbacks to Porzingis. And I wonder if it's just, if it's Luca adjusting his game to work with somebody like that too, because we haven't seen, you know, Luca play with a guy like Porzingis either. It goes both ways. And and if anybody would be, would have to have more of an adjustment, it would be Luca because he has the ball in his hands all the time. Exactly. And I think you look at, yeah, when you compare like systems and stuff of like New York when Porzingis is up there, I'm like, who did they have that was anywhere close to a Luca equivalent that was breaking down the defense, getting into the into the lane and kicking out to guys? Jared oh, Jack. Oh, only I those mean, Jose Calderon minutes. Yeah, let's go. By the I way, mean, so the the guys that used to be the starters, the guys that used to be the basketball Jones, they're now no dunks at the Athletic. They had a conversation today as to whether or not Jose Calderon's jersey should be retired for the Raptors. He played seven years there, and I was like, if we can't get J.J. Barea's jersey retired with the Mavericks, no way Jose Calderon's no jersey way. is getting Maybe retired. they start a ring of honor. Anyway, yeah. Give, give them their own ring of honor. But, like, Melo, Melo was a completely different type of play stylistically than, than Luca. I mean, it's just this isolation ball and all that stuff. Dallas doesn't play that. You know, with the exception, like, Luca is just, it, it's just, even when Luca has the ball, he's hitting other people. So where Porzingis, yeah, would go to work would be on the on the block or somewhere in that mid range. And that's it's a it's a when Rick says we gotta find better ways to get him involved because something I'm not a fan of. I'm not a fan of Porzingis driving. Okay. Oh, the driving I, left thing we talked about that with Kirk. That's that's Kirk's thing. Every time on Twitter when Porzingis drives left into traffic, he tweets about it every time. Okay. Well, that's, funny. that's just. Yeah, the idea of just KP taking people off the dribble and driving into the paint. Like, the move against Anthony Davis at the beginning of that game with the crossover step back, absolutely incredible. Um, But how can we get KP the ball on the block, near the block? Those little mid-range shots, those little shots around the basket. Like, he can feast on those, but... That's that. That's above my pay grade. Like this is, I'm, I'm, I'm so curious because I don't have all the answers to that. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say this is how they have to use Porzingis and this is the fix and all this stuff. I don't know, and that, that I'm very open. Like I don't know how they make it fit seamlessly because, I, and but I don't want to sound like you know, it's like going down the drain. It's not at all. It's working just fine, but to reach the full potential, I don't know. And we'll see what Rick does. Yeah, and this is a starting point. This is where we're seeing them start, and they're going to get better from here. Um, They haven't run a ton of pick and roll and pick and pops, Luka and Porzingis together, because they've even since Dwight Powell came back, it's they're running that action with those two guys, with Powell and with, with Luka. And even when Maxie was starting, they started it with Maxie and Luka. And if you're not running... Porzingis in that initial action, then it depends on Luca to get him involved himself. And Luca's just looking for the best shot. He's not necessarily looking to try and get Porzingis involved, right? I think that's a next level of a point guard where you have to get to. I was thinking about this while I was driving today. There's there's players that can raise the ceiling of your team, and I think that's what Luca does. And then there's players like LeBron and Durant and Kawhi that raise the floor of your team. When you have those guys on your team, there's no way that you – and Harden, I guess, is one of these guys now too. There's no way your team is going to be less than like a 45-win team. 
And that just you just get to that point with seasoning in the NBA, with becoming a better player, getting the players around you better, setting yourself up to succeed. And it's little things like knowing when to get Porzingis the ball, knowing where he likes it the best, knowing that, okay, Porzingis hasn't touched the ball in a while or Porzingis hasn't taken a shot in a while. I need to get him the ball. Mike Conley yeah. did an interview one time where he talks about how he has a, a clock in his head with everybody on the floor, and he has a certain amount of time that he has to get that person the ball. This was back in Memphis, that he has to get everybody involved so that they all stay with it. And you know, Luka is, is good at keeping players you know ready, but keeping him that rhythm because it we've seen that Porzingis does need a rhythm. He needs to have yeah. the ball a couple times and, and shoot a couple times in order to, to keep that rhythm. Or else he goes cold and he goes cold real fast. It seems. Yeah, he's got to get the rhythm. It seems like he he, he loves to. Um, yeah, we've talked about it before getting him getting started on one of those smaller shots around the block uh, in the paint. There, get him coming off a little screen there uh, in the paint to. He just to see it go through the basket, what that does mentally for you. Um, look at go back. Well, you said something about the ceiling thing. When we're talking about this right now, we I feel like, in a way, I feel like they're kind of at their like floor offensively. If that sounds like dumb, even though they're like one of the best offensive teams in the league, because I still think that they can, there's a, a whole different level they can get to offensively. Is that too biased or is that too? Uh, they've played really well. I mean, they're the best offense team in the league right now. They're I know, but I still feel like there's a level that they're not at. It feels like there's more things to make it more seamless. I think. Okay. Also, guys aren't hitting threes. <laughs> that that definitely could improve the level for sure. For sure. Uh, I was looking at KP's synergy numbers while you're talking about him. Yeah, pick him. Can we pick and pop? <laughs> let's let's go through KP's synergy numbers uh, coming up. So let's go through uh, Porzingis, what he's doing well, what maybe he's struggling with individually, and then how it pertains to Luca and the rest of the team. All right, Isaac. I I just knew you were going to go through this whole synergy thing. I was like, oh my gosh, this will take us to the end of the show. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't have to. No, it's okay. We just had to take that second break. So. <laughs> um, I just looked up his his pick and roll numbers and him running uh, the pick and roll, which is kind of weird. He's only ran the pick and roll 24 as the roll man. 24 possessions in which he's been the roll man. Yeah, that uh, sounds in, about right. In six games, 14 of those 24 possessions uh, has been a pick and pop uh, in which he is scoring at a 1.143 points per possession and is very good rating on synergy. That's 77%. The second, that's the off. second best rating you can get. Yeah. Um Yeah. There he doesn't even have enough numbers to roll through yeah, as uh, it would be 10 rolls, right? That's just not enough to. Yeah, it's not not enough sen- small sample size theater at that point. But uh what this is this was fascinating to me when I was looking at his offensive possession breakdowns. Can you take a shot at how many of them have been post-ups? He's at 127 oh, 127 offensive possessions in which like he's had the ball. I would go 10 or 15 post-ups. Wow, good guess. 16. Yeah, it just it doesn't it felt like it hasn't been that many. 12% uh, yeah. Is that twelve percent? It feels like most of his shots are just spot up shots. It feels like he's a lot of just catch and shoot right now. Yeah, twenty twenty one percent of his offensive possessions right now are spot up shots. Nineteen uh, percent of his possessions have been the pick and roll. Uh, run as the big man in the pick and roll. 
12 percent in the post up 11 percent in transition he is average uh and the spot up shots right now he's very good as a pick and roll man and poor when it comes to his 16 post ups because he's only scored eight points in those 16 possessions I don't feel like those numbers added up to 100, but still, we'll, we'll, we'll keep them relative to what they are. 21 is the most percent. Well, there's, I mean, there's more breakdown through that. There's off screen cut, offensive rebounds, okay. isolation. Yeah, there's more with more percentages and all. But so, how can Luca then? So, is it up to Luca or is it up to Carlisle to try and draw more stuff up for Porzingis right now? I think it's more of a Rick thing. I, I think it. I think it's a Carlisle thing of figuring out. When how how early do we need to get KP to ball? How is getting KP involved offensively? Is that part of the system, or is it something you just gotta take breaks from your system? If you're running this flow uh, motion, you're getting everybody ball and pick and rolls, like you're just running everybody off each other's cutters, all this stuff. If Porzingis can't score in that, or if it's not that efficient running that type of system. And you just got to spread everyone out and say, hey, we're just going to get him the ball. Kind of like when he had the mismatch on Drew Holiday and they threw it to him. I know it didn't work out, blah, blah, blah. But how they just spread out and said, we're just getting KP the ball. That's I'm one, I wonder if it's going to be that type of stuff or if it's going to be more design stuff. And it's going to be more people moving. It's going to be structured, getting in the ball at certain spots, or is it, or is it going to be, hey, he's seven foot three. We want to get him the ball, and it's going to be more of a Kevin Durant. Like I feel like they're running it kind of like a Kevin Durant thing. To when he gets the ball, and they're saying, hey, just do what you want. He's at the top of the key. Because I feel like how many times does it feel feel like he's driving left or he's driving right or he's trying to take something off the dribble. And it, they're treating it more like a Kevin Durant thing, or is it more them running him off screens, getting into the ball in the post? That's what I'm curious on what that looks like offensively moving forward. Yeah, I think if you give Porzingis a driving opportunity, it has to be kind of off of like a handoff situation. You don't want to just throw it to him at the top of the key and let him go to work. That's just that's not really his game. You can hand it to him in the in the paint and ask him to go to work because he can then turn around and hit shots over over people. But yeah. he's not like a drive downhill kind of guy. You have to, you have to give him an opportunity where he has a chance to to do that, and not just give it to him and put, you know throw your hands up in the air and say this is out of my control. And, and going back to Rick and the system, you got to think about the other the guys that they've had at this four spot over the past couple of years. Like Dirk hasn't been in his prime for you know a, a while now to where you would run the same type of stuff that you ran for Dirk over the past couple of years that you'd run for Porzingis. Maxi isn't the type of player Porzingis is. Porzingis has your own unique spin to this four spot in the offense. No matter how much you want to define that four spot, it's completely different for Porzingis. Porzingis is driving 3 times a game, 3.3 times per game in the 6 games he's played. Do you want to take a shot at his field goal percentage off of those drives? Mm. I'll tell you I'll give you a hint it is not good 21.4% oh yikes that is not good and that's you know, that's what this is what we're talking about the numbers back up what, what we've been seeing is that you know when he drives doesn't equal efficient you know offense or anything really good so far he also passes out of those 15% of the time out of just drives in general interesting it's not a lot 
Luca passes out, Luca passes out of his drives forty nine percent of the time. He's shooting sixty two point two percent off of drives, which is incredible. Wow. This stat kind of surprised me as far as uh, jump shots off the dribble for Porzingis. He's had twelve of them and twelve total. 12 possessions in which he took a jump shot off the dribble. However, Synergy wants to classify that, but he's scoring at 1.167 points per possession. That's an excellent rating. He's scoring 50% of the time off those. That was was better than I thought. Shots off of the dribble are better than drive so far. That that feels like it's right. Yeah. Okay, what what did we figure out? We just said all those numbers and talked about it. That I feel like... And Carlisle said this, that he needs to design more plays for Porzingis or try to figure out how to get Porzingis involved more. And that will help with the Luka-Porzingis pairing, I think. I think that's what it comes down to at this point. Yeah, and, you know, are they comfortable with Porzingis running the pick and roll as much as, you know, when you run the pick and roll? I feel like they're more comfortable running a pick and roll with with Dwight Powell than Porzingis because they want that vertical threat. Because and it's just designed when- that way. It's designed that way because once Luca comes off that screen, Dwight Powell's rolling to the basket. Then you go through, you're kind of reading your options like a quarterback. Okay, is Dwight going to be open above the rim? If he's not open and they're clogging the paint, that means somebody around the perimeter is going to be open. And you want Porzingis on the perimeter more than Dwight Powell on the perimeter. So then if Dwight Powell's not open at the rim, you're looking around at Seth Curry in one corner. You're looking at Dorian in another corner. You're looking at Porzingis maybe at the top of the key. And Luca's gonna find one of those three guys if Powell's not open. At so I get why they're running Dwight Powell in these pick and rolls, but I want to see what this KP Luca pick and roll looks like when maybe Dwight Powell's not even on the floor. And that's probably you know remember in the finals when the Warriors would just run that Durant Curry pick and roll where yeah. it's just unstoppable, but they would never run it during the season. I wonder if it's kind of like that where once down. When it when it matters most, we're gonna run this, you know, Porzingis at the five, pick and roll with Porzingis and Luca. But during the regular season, we can't just, we can't use him that much. It's like in baseball, we have so many cross cross sport analogies today. It's like in baseball, you have a certain pitch count, and it feels like Porzingis has a pitch count right now where they can only just give him certain opportunities, and they can't just run him, you know, into the ground over and over again. And don't get us wrong, he's he's taking the second most shots on the team by a wide margin. Uh, Luca is at 18.7 shots per game. Porzingis at 16.7. He's only taking two less shots than than Luca, but it doesn't feel like these are efficient shots. You know, a couple of those are drives. A couple of those are, uh, you know, just like weird uh, post up kind of things. And it's it's he's not getting the most efficient shots, and he's not shooting the ball super well right now. 38% from three, and then only 43% from the field. So, uh, just stuff that we've been noticing. And this is the the Porzingis Luca lineup, and it this is what this whole season is about. It is predicated on this and whether these two guys can can be good. Uh, and then yeah, the net rating also has to do with the players that are around them. Carlisle is still trying to figure out which lineups. We haven't seen a lot of them a lot of the time. They've been changed a lot, but here we are, and we have a game against the Magic tonight. I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to see how they you know change things up after a couple days rest, a home game against a team that is you know. Not very good offensively to see how and they'll be coming gonna... off a sec, uh, second night of a back to back too. Right, they'll be coming off a second night of a back to back on the road, both games. So tough game for them. Good game for the Mavericks to be able to try some stuff out. So there you go, guys. We'll be back tomorrow with the post game pod. Thanks so much for listening, to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.